0: You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore netapp. Well, I'm in a pretty good mood. I mean, it's it's technically bedtime right now when I'm starting this, so I'm going to have to rip through this, and I'm, I'm a, I apologize if I end this a little bit abruptly, but um, I've been on a pretty good rhythm of getting to bed at a decent time, and I, you know, kind of want to keep that up. So I'm giving myself an hour. Nine o'clock, I'm out of here but I did a pretty good job today, man. I made pork chops two different ways on my new grill. They were thin cut, which really isn't my thing. And a couple of them, the temperature got away from me because I was searing them at the end. And man, it goes from like 135 to 155 real fast. So, but I made with it my first attempt at Dexter Williams mac and cheese, or as I'm calling it, Dexter's Mac. As I mentioned, I reached out to him, um, reach out to everybody whose DMs are open on the Green Bay Packers. He's the only one that got back to me, and he's like, yeah, so mac and cheese is my favorite food ever. Um, he likes, you know, oven-baked mac and cheese or whatever. So I gave it a shot. I tried out a recipe with a couple tweaks, and um is good. I got a couple more tweaks I want to make. And because I made a massive amount, because, you know, I'm using a massive pan, and it's just, just just leave me alone. Let me do what I want to do. Um, it's not something you want to really experiment with every day. I'm going to have to take a bunch of that into work tomorrow. Also, if you're trying to, if you're trying to eat a little better, um, mac and cheese is probably not the best thing in the world. I mean, it's fine if you're fine the rest of the day, and pork chops are super lean, and you just have a small portion, but every time you walk past it, you got to grab a little bit. You know what I mean? It's a dangerous food, but uh, I'm excited about it. Maybe this Saturday, I'll kind of... Maybe that'll be the one. Maybe it'll be officially done. Because, I mean, it was close as far as, like, this is the mac and cheese. Ooh, I just got another idea of what to do. Oh, <laughs> I'm excited. Anyways, um, please, please, please remember the Palmer Home for Children. It's a charity that i um, hoping to get some money raised for. If you're able to give, even a dollar. And, again, if you don't want to go there because, you know, it's not the easiest way to pay, um, you can give it to me and I'll put it in there just like I did for Daryl. Uh, Venmo, PayPal, whatever. Just tell me this is for Palmer Home, and I'll donate it. So just, just I'm trying to find like one blurb to summarize it. I found one sentence in the middle of a little paragraph here. It says, "We seek to help vulnerable children overcome trauma and position them to thrive in home, school, and community life." So that's what the Palmer Home is. So, anyways, please think about it. And as I said, there's uh, benefits in it for me and for you. If we are top five in fundraising for this, I get to go hang out with Malcolm Reed and Grill and have some fun, and we're going to have some uh, giveaways for you as well uh, as we hit certain milestones, and we're only like 25 bucks away from that first milestone. Anyways, third day in a row talking about the Vikings, but this time we're going to be, uh, you know, a little nicer about it. I just A Vikings fan reached out and uh, wanted to ask a few questions, so... But uh, Peter, spelled P-E-D-E-R, Larson is his last name, so this dude is a straight-up Viking. Like a literal Viking who roots for the Vikings, so it makes sense. He says, I've always wondered as a Vikings fan how Packers fans view the Packers-Vikings rivalry compared to the Packers-Bears rivalry. Is it pretty similar or is it more of a long historic hatred kind of a rivalry where the Bears and the Packers-Vikings is more of a competitive rivalry? So my view on, first of all, I don't think there is one answer. Because I know I've talked about this before, and I said that I think Packers-Vikings is a much bigger rivalry, and I've had a lot of Packer fans reach out and like, what are you talking about? Packers-Bears is huge, it's historic, it's one of the biggest, blah, 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 blah. I know it draws a lot of attention. I know it's very historic. It's just, it's, you know, I guess, it, what do we mean by rivalry? I mean, I guess, based on the Google definition, well, the first Google definition says uh, competition for the same objective or for superiority in the same field, so literally every team against every team is a rivalry. But the Wikipedia entry at the top says a rivalry is a state of two people or groups engaging in a lasting competitive relationship. So based on just fighting for a long time, then yeah, I guess Packers-Bears is the biggest rivalry. And based on that same logic, um, then it would be the Lions and then it would be the Vikings. I mean, if, if that's what our definition of a, of a rivalry is, then it's Bears-Lions-Vikings. The Lions were founded in like 1930. The Vikings 1960. So that's only a 50 year rivalry. That's that's paltry. But no, I mean it's just you know when you play a team, and and, and for me it's kind of which team do you super desperately want to beat because you just can't stand them, and that can fluctuate. I'm, I'm sure there was a time when the Bears were a really good rivalry. I'm just saying today I think Packers Vikings is the bigger rivalry. Because the two teams and the two fan bases really dislike each other because it's competitive. And Packer fans get real heated about Vikings fans because it's competitive. The Bears have drifted closer to where the Lions are. Where the Bears really hate the Packers and the Lions really hate the Packers. But as Packer fans, do you really, like when the Bears come up like, Ugh, I just can't stand that team. No, I, I don't. Now, he later asked the question, which rivalry do I enjoy more? That would be the Bears. Because I enjoy weaning. And, and to be honest, I don't really enjoy rivalries. Rivalries are just when the Packers play a team that makes me really angry. And so rivalries are stressful because not only do I really want to win, but I really want the other team to lose. And so it's double the stress. And it's double horrible if the Packers lose. Um, and, and, and I think I've said this before. Uh, teams that I dislike more than the Bears, the Vikings, uh, the 49ers, maybe the Seahawks maybe. I'm kind of getting over that because it's been a little lopsided recently where the Packers are just the better team. But the 49, the Buccaneers now, the Patriots. And again, these things change quickly. Like like Seattle was a massive rivalry. I couldn't stand them. But since it's been one-sided, I'm kind of not caring so much. Uh, Tampa Bay was not even a thing until last year. I already can't stand them. Tom Brady's there. They beat us in the NFC Championship. They beat us twice that year. They embarrassed us. I don't like them at all. I want them to be horrifically bad. The Bears, I just don't care. Now, if the Bears pop off and become a really good team, it's going to become a rivalry really quickly, especially if, you know, Fields is a good player and they're really starting to get going. And yeah, it's it's going to pick up, but it just has not been a thing in forever. There have been blips where the Bears have been better, like like very minor blips. And even even in the years where the Bears are better, a lot of times the Packers would still come out ahead just in the head-to-head rivalries. So, I don't know. It's just it's they're not really a threat to me, and they haven't really crushed our soul. I mean, to be honest, the Cardinals are probably more of a rivalry than than the uh, than the Bears because they've they've just crushed us at a critical moment, at a critical time, taken our hopes and our dreams away. The whole I've said this before. If you were going to reorganize teams, send the Packers over to the NFC West and just swap us out with the Rams, even though the Rams would probably be the better team. That's the team that I, I don't really care because we're just better than the Rams. The Cardinals have ruined us. The Seahawks have ruined us. And the 49 some of the most devastating losses have come in the NFC West. Cannot stand the teams in the NFC West. And I don't really like the Rams either. They just haven't been a team that's... I'm actually surprised now that I think about it that we beat them in the playoffs because that would have just been, made perfect sense if they crushed our spirit. So yeah, longest lasting. You know, they've been around a long time. But it's it's it's... It's so bad it's gotten to the point where I almost respect the Bears. Not because, not like respect because you're good. It's just kind of like, you know, we've been hanging out for a long time. You know, we've been side by side for a while and I feel like we're almost in a ceasefire. Like, you know, like two boxers and and the one boxer's knocked the other guy down like five times. And at some point it's like, dude, please just stay down. Like, I really, I just don't want to hit you again. Like, at this point, I'm feeling guilty for punching you in the face. I don't want to kill you. I don't want your kids to have to see this. This is getting ugly. Stay down. All right? You stay down there. I'll stay up here. We'll just hang out. We'll hug it out at the end. It'll be fine. It's, it's, it's a joke. And I fully understand Bears fans despising everything I'm saying and being angry and, and just thinking, I can't wait until Justin Fields is amazing so I can throw this in your face because you're a jeer. I get that. That's fine. Just I'm just saying, understand it from my perspective. Why would I care? It's kind of like, I, and I've talked about this before too, um, it's like when I grew up in Illinois, There were Cubs fans and White Sox fans, and that was a massive rivalry, right? Cubs fans couldn't stand White Sox fans. White Sox fans couldn't stand Cub fans. Nobody ever talked about the Brewers when I was in Illinois, ever, ever, because the Brewers are irrelevant up until very recently. Then I come up to Wisconsin and everybody's like, oh, the Cubs, we hate the Cubs. It's a brutal, vicious rivalry. It's like, I hate to tell you, they don't care about you at all. You are irrelevant. I never once heard a Cubs fan or a Sox fan talk about the Brewers, ever. Ever. And I think it's kind of the same thing. Bears fans hate the Packers. Packer fans, and some of them hate the Bears, you know, they embrace the rivalry and all that. I just personally don't care. I mean, just, if we just look at this history, we go back to, let's just say 2010, right? The last decade, I guess it would be 2011, right? Last decade, 10 years. The winning teams have been Packers, 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 Bears. Packers, 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 Bears. Packers, 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 Bears. Packers, 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 Packers. That's not a rivalry. That's a joke. I mean, come on. Come on. I mean, just on accident, what is it against— Is it even that bad against the Lions? So without reading it out, the Bears in the last 10 years have won, let's see, one, two, three times. Three, it's not, I don't even have to look it up. I don't have to look it up. It's by far. It's the the Lions have won in the last same time frame. Uh, which one's which here? I'm confused. It's, I mean, it's so close to 50-50. I don't even, so the Packers would be the W. So they have won... Looks like uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times? Seven times in the last 10 years. Which isn't great, but it's pretty close to 50% of the time. The Bears have won three times. Three in the last 10 years. It's not a rivalry. I'm really sorry to tell you that. I mean, there was this little stretch here from, let's see... 2003 to roughly 2010, I guess. I mean, it depends. You can cut it off probably around 2008, but um, it was let's see. So starting in 2004, Bears, Packers, Bears, 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 Packers, Bears, Bears, Packers, Bears. Right. So that's mostly Bears, but that's that's a minor period where the Bears are slightly over 500. Before that, though, so remember, after that was all Packers. Before that. It was Packers, 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 Bears, Packers, Bears, Packers, 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 Bears, Packers, Packers. I'm not kidding. I'm not and you gotta understand, this first one that I went back to is nineteen ninety two. When I tell you growing up as a kid, I don't remember ever the Packers losing to the Bears, I mean it. I don't. From 1994 through 1998, the Bears didn't win one game. Going from 1992 to 19 or excuse me to 2003, they won three times. 92 to two, thats eleven years—they won three times. Same with this last last thing: three times in the last ten years. This is a joke. The Lions are more of a rival right now with that terrible football team than the Bears have been. I get the history. I respect the history. This is brutal. They don't matter. They're more irrelevant than the Lions. And I I fully acknowledge that's going to switch at some point. The Bears are going to become a good team, and the Packers will be a bad team someday. Can't go on forever. And at that point, we'll all hate the Bears, and and you know everybody will hate the Bears, the Vikings, the Lions, because the Bears are on top. Da, da, da. I'm just saying, in my lifetime, the Bears have been irrelevant. I'm 34 years old. There was a blip for let's see, roughly, let's call it, let's be generous here, 2004 to 2010, so about six years where the Bears were were a legitimate rival. That's it. In my entire lifetime, and in that span, it was close to fifty percent. I mean, from two thousand and three to two thousand and ten, it was six to seven. Bears led. That was the that was the biggest threat. That was the time when the Bears were the biggest threat against the Packers. I I, I don't know what to say, man. I get again some some Bears or yeah Packers fans will swear that uh, you know the Bears are the biggest right and and look at these victories. The last time the Bears beat the Packers was in 2018. And 2018 was the year that they fired everybody. It was the Packers at their absolute lowest. You know what the score of that game was? The Packers were getting beat by everybody. It was 17 to 24. The time they won before that was 17 to 13. The time before that was 27 to 20. The time before that was 20 to 17. Before that was 20 to 17. These are one-score games. The last time there was a big blowout was 35-7 in 2007. That was 14 years ago was the last time the Bears really whooped the Packers. Brett Favre was just having one of those days. 17 of 32, 153 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Basically, in the entire Aaron Rodgers era, the Bears have never beaten the Packers by any serious margin. One-score games, every single time. Four times. Four times the Bears have beaten Aaron Rodgers. After all these years, four times. Man, no wonder they hate us so much. I know I said we were going to talk about the Vikings, but that's that's brutal. But I'm just trying to make my point why I just, I get that it's technically a rivalry. I just don't care. I mean, yeah, we can lose to them, and it's going to suck to lose to the Bears because they're going to be chirping, and they're always hanging around. You know, it's like a roommate. They're always around. They're going to be bragging. They're going to be talking. And it's, yeah, I know, I know, I know. And they, they get to gloat for months until the next time you guys play. And then you really got to hope you win. Because if you don't, then you're 0-2 against them. And you don't get to play them again until next year. That's miserable. But that's no different than any other team. Aside from, again, that you know Titans fans. If, if the Titans come in, win, they leave. And you don't hear about them again. I mean, it's, it's like if the Packers beat the Cardinals. The Packers fans don't rag on the Cardinals for three, four weeks, right? Maybe there's that week. And really, the only time the Packers fans would chirp up about that is because all the Cardinals fans would be talking. And so you would just be pulling receipts for like the next, next day or two, and then you're done, and you move on. But that's the only real reason. I don't care. We can lose to the Bears like we can lose to any other team, with the exception of the fact that the Bears are one of the easiest teams for the Packers to beat. Any team in the NFL, not really counting how good the Bears are, doesn't really seem to matter. The Packers' low point and the Bears' peak intersected. The Bears at their absolute best was at the same time the Packers were at their absolute worst, and they went one and one. Number one defense in football, top 10 offense. They beat us once. That's it. And again, it's unique to the Packers. Packers Bears is uniquely not interesting. They were 12 and 4. I'm not saying they were trash. I'm saying they were good, but it doesn't matter. They can't beat the Packers. And so it's just not interesting. And again, I love it. Absolutely my favorite rivalry. Because I don't like Packers losing. I don't have any real interest in great game. Ooh, that was a that was a barn burner of a game. Yeah, you know what's better? Beating the Bears 52 to 7. And it's funny because. That that seems to be a uniquely Packers thing. I would say uniquely me. I've heard several people, commentators, and stuff talk about that. How most fan bases, when their team's up by like twenty-ish or something in the fourth quarter, they they leave. Right? It's like, oh, I got to beat the traffic. We won this one, sweet. Good job, everybody. Let's pack it up. Packer fans get louder. We love a good beating, right? There's nothing we love more. We're gonna get loud. We'll start packing the stadium. People will start climbing the walls to get in to watch that that ninth touchdown of the game. I don't know, man, we're weird, but yeah, so that that would be the answer to the question. Again, depending on how you define it, the Bears are not a threat. The Lions aren't much of a threat, but they're more of a threat. The Vikings are the real rivalry, in my opinion, because they're actually a good team, and they're actually able to beat the Packers. I mean, it it kind of seemed like it started around 2016. Uh, That's when the Vikings really started picking up steam, It was Vikings, Vikings, Packers, Vikings, Vikings, TIE, Vikings, Packers, Packers, Vikings. So Packers seem to be kind of coming back, but that's a heck of a stretch from 2016 to 2018, which doesn't seem like very many years, but we're talking, you know, six games. Vikings, Vikings, Packers, Vikings, Vikings, TIE, Vikings. Packers won once in that stretch. So again, the Packers seem to be reclaiming that a bit. They've won three of the last four meetings. But again, rivalry. And if the Vikings fall into obscurity and, uh, you know, they're just terrible again, which, I mean, they have been historically. It's it's pretty much the entirety. Starting in uh, 1979, the Vikings have been nothing. There's one little patch where the Vikings kind of had us. Otherwise, it's pretty much been all Packers all the time. I don't know. That's That would be my definition. Anyways, uh, we're going to take a break here. Could probably go again, but again, I'm right at 8.30, so we're, we're on track to get to bed at 9. And it's a good pausing spot. Uh, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support the podcast uh, the links to the Palmer Home Facebook Twitter etc cetera, etc cetera. and again if we get to hundred dollars which is like 25 bucks away 27 dollars away uh, we might do we'll do something I don't know I don't know exactly what it is give me some feedback um, I was thinking of maybe doing like a Packer's grilling video you know just doing some food and just talking packers could maybe do a live so that you can ask some live questions while we hang out outside. So this be on Saturday, not Sunday. I know people are busy all weekend, but I wouldn't do it on the 4th. It would be the 3rd. So if you're around, hang out. Um, or something else. I don't know. Also, it seems like Mr. Malcolm Reed, and if you are a grilling person, you know who Malcolm Reed is, might be coming on the podcast next week. I, I don't want to make promises because sometimes stuff comes up, but I did get a commitment that they do have some availability and would be willing to come on and talk some football and some barbecue. And if you, if you don't know Malcolm, just check him out. Find him on YouTube. Listen to his podcast. He's such a fun guy. Makes some delicious food. He's just he's just passionate about stuff. He's passionate about football and about barbecue. And it's just, just the kind of guy you'd want to just hang out with. So real excited to be able to get him in here. Um, if you do donate, I will be uh, talking with you. You can ask a few questions to Malcolm. So that will be an additional perk to anybody that donates. And again, it donates anything, a dollar, $2, $5, whatever. You're on the list. You can ask questions for Malcolm Reed when he comes on sometime early next week. I was trying to get him on this week so we can get some 4th of July input, but obviously he's massively busy with his own 4th of July stuff. He's probably got big parties and videos and podcasts and events and everything else going on. Anyways, uh, why don't we take a break and we'll be right back. So, uh, Bill Cosby, huh? that's pretty crazy. Anyways, um, got a question here. Another question from Mr. Jim Thorson. He says, what do you think the likelihood is that A.J. Dillon is the new and improved version of Derrick Henry because he can catch the ball as well as smashing it down the opponent's throat? Uh, and if he is, isn't that the absolute perfect situation for a rookie quarterback to come into and thrive? So, first of all, I'm a bit of an authority on this subject. Um, as you, if you've been listening, you know that, uh, I've gotten like six things right ever. And I like to brag about those things. One of them is that I was on the Derrick Henry train since day one. I said, I would have taken him before Ezekiel Elliott. I said, Derrick Henry's the man. I got laughed at, scorned, all that stuff. And it was looking like I was pretty stupid because dude was a backup for a long time, right? I mean, he was, he was always decent, you know, as that number two guy, just kind of the hammer occasionally he'd have a big run. And I always, I was just always on that bandwagon. You know, and, and part of it is just I have my biases, right? I like linebackers that smash people in the mouth. They can't cover, but they can just tear people up. I know that they're not going to succeed in today's NFL. I just like it. Same with Derrick Henry. I know that that's not the prototypical running back these days. I still like it. And I'm still a fan, and I still think he's a freak, and I still think he's the best running back in that class. Turns out it was. Now, Interesting side note, when did Derrick Henry go from being a backup to arguably the best running back in football? All right, Jim Bob, you wagered $10,000. Did you have the right answer? You said, he slept at a Holiday Inn. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You lose all your money and you go home sad and miserable and alone. No, the answer is when Matt LaFleur became the offensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans and said, what are you guys doing, you bunch of morons? You're trying to build a team around Marcus Mariota and you have Derrick Henry on your team. Let me show you how to run the ball. So we went from 400 yards to 700 yards to over 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. So he had... Let's see. In his first two years, again, he was pretty much a backup. 500 yards, then 700 yards, five touchdowns each season. Matt LaFleur comes in. He goes to 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. He went from uh, 40 first downs to 51 first downs. He had the 99-yard run. He went up to 4.9 yards per carry, 66.2 yards per game, and it was off to the races from there. After that, he went up to 1,500, and after that, he was at 2,000. So he's going up 500 a game. He'll be at 2,500 this year. That's not a real thing. I'm just... That was a joke. Just kidding. But yeah, he came in and paved the way, and they basically just kept that in place. I mean, they didn't keep everything Matt Lafleur did, but they sure as heck kept that. Now that doesn't mean A.J. Dillon has to be great, but uh, listen, it's almost silly to project he would be Derrick Henry, even though it's not entirely ridiculous, but it's kind of ridiculous just because Derrick Henry is kind of ridiculous but aj Dillon is more of a freak than derrick henry is which is shocking i've said this before but derrick henry is built like a tight end and is faster than aaron jones he's the fastest running back we have on the team and he's like 200 was he 250 260 250 pure muscle and he runs a 4'53. and all his measurables are off the charts and they're even better than Derek. I mean, not by much, but he's more of a freak. He's got all that power. He's got all that speed. He's with the guy that made Derrick Henry what Derrick Henry. No, granted, Derrick Henry made Derrick Henry Derrick Henry. Right? I mean, it's not like Matt LaFleur can ma- wa- wa- wag his tail. Nope. Wave his magic wand. That's what I was going for. I don't know where wag comes from, but you can wag a wand. It's the same thing. Let's not be so rigid. But you have to wave it? What's the difference? You can't wag it? What what does it look like when you wag a wand? Does it look similar to waving a wand? I bet it does. Grow up. Such a child. So he's wagging... He can't wag a wand and just turn anybody, like my boy Dexter, into Derek Henry. Although, we'll see what happens. I don't know. Maybe... I think what Dexter needs to do is come try my mac and cheese and then head up there. We'll see what happens, man. Between my mac and cheese and uh, Matt LaFleur's wand wagon. We might be onto something here. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But it's a team that already runs well. But here's the other thing. He looks pretty good. <laughs> it's, it's not like we're talking about some guy that's a bum um, that can't do anything, or even a guy that just hasn't proved anything. So it's like, dude, you got to just relax because the guy has proven nothing because it's not that. Now, granted, it, it was a bit of a small sample size. But might I remind you, if we talk about a guy with 50 snaps or more as a rookie with almost no time to prepare, with no preseason, with nothing, the guy could barely even get on the field because it's just, it's, there's a number one and a number two. He's number three. He's not even getting much of anything, not to mention COVID. The guy had COVID and bad. He was like bedridden. Despite all that, he was ranked seventh in the entire NFL depending on how you filter this or whatever we're talking out of 78 running backs he's 7th. Aaron Jones ranked 17th last year as a, and these are this is as a runner 7th. 11th overall when you factor everything else in. Aaron Jones ranks 16th. 5.3 yards per attempt. He ranks 6th in yards per carry. Yards after contact per carry he ranks 6th at 3.57. He had the number one elusiveness grade in the NFL. Second place is Nick Chubb. So the elusiveness grade A.J. Dillon got was a 133.7. Nick Chubb is a 130. The third highest elusiveness grade is an 89. To just show you how ridiculous the gap is between Nick Chubb and A.J. Dillon and everybody else. So when you ask a question, can A.J. Dillon be the next Derrick Henry? There's an element of like, dude, just chill right? And I get it, right? If, if, if Packer fans or Vikings fans or anybody else wanted to be like, dude, chill, I get it. But it is a fair question, because the only person in the entire NFL that's built like Derrick Henry is A.J. Dillon. And again, as a rookie, in a great system, with a real good offensive line, and a guy that is built to run the ball, I'm talking about head coach, the guy that got Derrick Henry going, with Aaron Jones as a compliment, as a rookie... After having COVID and no preseason, being the number three on the depth chart, getting real no real reps or attention because all the game planning is going to AJ or Aaron Jones and J, uh, Jamal Williams. He was a top ten running back. So do with that information what you will. But let's just do something real quick. Let's say and and Derrick Henry graded out higher. He had higher in a lot of different categories. But let's just give him the same amount of attempts as Derrick Henry. And, and see what the stats look like. Let's just say he did the same thing he did, but we're going to give him the same amount of attempts as Derrick Henry. So his yards for the season would be 1,988 yards. That's if you take his 5.3 yards per carry and give him 378 attempts like Derrick Henry got. It's 1,988 yards. Derrick Henry had 17 touchdowns, A.J. Dillon would have 16.4, so we'll round down to 16, but right on pace. So Derrick Henry had 2,027 yards and 17 touchdowns. A.J. Dillon would have roughly 1,900 yards and 16 touchdowns. Now, again, there's no guarantee that that's what would happen. Maybe because of the limited sample size, he had that one great game against Tennessee. Maybe he'd be garbage against a bunch of other teams. I don't know. I'm just saying, just to give you an idea of how good he was in that limited sample size, that's what we're looking at. So, yeah, when, when I say I'm excited about A.J. Dillon, this, that has a little bit to do with it. The, the up-end potential of possibly having Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry on one team, that gets me a little bit excited. Even if it's Derrick henry light, as a compliment to Aaron Jones, who is a compliment, hopefully, to Aaron Rodgers, who is a compliment to Aaron Jones, excuse me, um, Devontae Adams, who is a compliment to, hopefully, Amari Rodgers and Robert Tunyon... You know, cut it off there. You add in your own flavors. I, whatever you're into, I don't know. Yeah, I get excited about it. Um, now, when you say new and improved, that's a bit of a stretch. I get what you're saying as far as his ability to be a better receiver. And i tell you what, if it, geez, he's not quite there yet as a runner because Derrick Henry is, is nearly perfect. I mean, he had a 92.4 overall PFF grade, 92.1 rushing grade. He's incredible. Now, to your point, as a receiver... 19 receptions 114 yards aaron jones had 47 receptions for 355 yards so yeah if you can take a let's say aj dylan did do that and instead of 2000 he had 1900 instead of 17 he had 16 but let's say he also is a big factor as a receiver and has 50 receptions for you know 500 yards and two touchdowns three touchdowns whatever could that possibly make him new and improved i think it could possibly yes but but again, that's, that's a stretch, and it's not even necessary, right? We don't even have to take it there. If he can just maintain what he did as a rookie with no practice and no whatever, I'm good with it. We don't even need to look at Derrick Henry. A.J. Dillon is A.J. Dillon, and that guy's freaking amazing. That's it. End of story. Anyways, finally, uh, Nathan said, uh, would you ever do a tailgating live podcast event at Lambeau? So as I've said, Not a huge fan of going up there, but I do think that would be kind of fun. What I'm planning on doing now, grilling here, is kind of practice for those kinds of things, right? I'm not really used to that. Um, I'm kind of somewhat adept at the video thing, but most of it is recording and editing. Now, I did do a decent amount of live streaming for the draft, so I've got a little bit of that, and it is a lot of fun. I had a ton of fun at the draft, But then if I did the grilling, that's like an extra component because I have to be focused on the video and making food and possibly having people over and reading comments and having a conversation. It's like a whole different thing. But I want to branch out and I want to learn and I want to practice these things so that if an opportunity did arise, you know, let's just say, for an example, we got a bunch of donations and I end up going down to Memphis in November and, uh, you know... Let's say Malcolm's kind of cool about it. And he's like, if you want to record, that's cool. You can't show my secrets, but like we can hang out and talk about some football or, or barbecue. I want to be able to whip out the camera and be like, let's go. I'm ready. Or if I'm going to Lambo with a group of people, I want to be able to say, if somebody's like, dude, let's do a live show in Lambo,' I want to be able to be like, yeah, let's do it. So I'm out of my comfort zone. It's a little weird for me, this whole thing that I've got going on, but I want to do it because I think it's going to be fun. And I want to just get better at this aspect of things you know, whether it be live video, uh, getting more sort of you know, video content, get the Facebook going, the YouTube going, um, interviewing skills and whatnot. I need to branch out into that. So it's on the list. As far as things that I would love to do, not super high, but things that I need to do and want to be able to do if, if an opportunity arose. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I would say yes to that, but I'm not quite ready for that. There's also things you don't know, like, you know, Setting up a mobile setup. Like, what do you even need for that? There's stuff you don't need. Like, where's power? Where am I getting power from? Am I going to bring, like, a UPS that's beeping the whole time? Like, plug me in. Plug me in. Like, dude, shut up. I'm not plugging. You're a battery. Just be a battery for, like, an hour. I don't know what to do. I guess you hook it up to a laptop and just hope you got battery power. I don't know. You know, I think GoPros you can live stream from, but that whole thing seems weird to me. I don't know that I super like that plan. But um, I guess to answer your question, yes, I would do it. And and it, as a matter of fact, I've talked about this before. One of the things I would love to do live stream on the beach in Florida, just because it's really stupid and I think it would be funny, right? I want to set up a card table, wear a cheese hat, and just be in the middle of like in the middle, like not down by the water, not far away away from everybody, right in smack dab in the middle where everybody's like curious but also annoyed. Like, did you have to do it here? Like, could you move? Can you like you still get a shot of the beach? Up there. Why are you right in the middle? Because I'm I'm a weird dude, man. I don't know what to tell you. Like it's just it's just how I operate. Like, why would you do that? Like, exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for understanding. I want you know what else I want to do? And and Malcolm Reed is perfect for this because even though he is he does love football, um, and it's not a, a super random thing, I want to have extremely random like famous but random people to talk about football, like somebody who's completely off the wall, random but do a super serious podcast about it. I just I think that would be hilarious. Maybe it'd be better video content. I don't know. I think that would be hilarious. Who who could I who would that be? I mean, one guy that's real high on my list is Mark Borchard or Borchard or however you say his name, and even more so Mike Shank from the movie American Movie because they're from Wisconsin. They're Packer fans. But they're off the wall, especially Mike Shank. If you don't know who Mike Shank is, this is Mike Shank. He, he asked me to come over and help him he study. He needs some help. I'm always helping him with his with his films, and and uh, we used to uh, do a lot of partying together. But I don't party anymore. <laughs> that, lads and gents, is Mr. Mike Shank. We'll see how it goes. But anyways, uh, it's nine oh two. I think we're gonna call it. I'm getting fed. these used to take me three hours. I can't believe I'm getting these done in an hour. But uh, anyways, you folks have yourselves a fantastic Wednesday Thursday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.